Welcome to Station to Station. My name is Simon Astaire. The rules are simple. The choice is of a train journey. It can be as long or short as you like. On the journey, our guest is asked 12 questions before they reach their destination. 12 questions that define a life. This week's passenger is Sol Campbell, the ex-England international footballer who played for his country 73 times and is the only player to have represented England in six consecutive major tournaments. Campbell began his professional career with Tottenham Hotspur and then in a contentious transfer moved to the North London neighbours. His time at Arsenal proved successful. He won two Premier Leagues and two FA Cups, which included the League and FA Cup double. He was part of the team known as the Invincibles for their undefeated 2003 and 2004 Premier League season. From Arsenal, he joined Portsmouth and captained them to victory in the 2008 FA Cup final. He has constantly remained something of an enigma and feels deeply misunderstood by the majority who know him by name. Sol Campbell, welcome to Station to Station. Let's start by asking why you've chosen this journey. Why have you chosen this particular train journey? It's Africa. It's where everything began. Life began. Africa was a fantastic, beautiful continent with so many different facets to it. And it's almost, I know there's a lot of people, you know, earning a lot of money out of it from minerals and things like that, but it still has that natural kind of feel to it in parts of the country, which, a continent, sorry, that is so special. And that's why I wanted to have this train journey across a special continent and, you know, several countries that have all different types of history and intertwined with Great Britain as well and other other countries as well. So from the colonial days, it's so special and a continent I would love to explore even more. Have you been there often? I've been to Tanzania. You have? Yeah. I've been to Ghana, Morocco, places like Egypt I want to go. I've been to Africa. How do you feel when you set foot in on, on the continent and these countries that you mentioned? Do you know what? I feel, obviously, one of the things that stand out is there's a lot of black people. <laughs> and um, it almost there's some type of, you know, comfort in that as well. There is so much diverse within the communities. You know, there's a lot of languages are spoken there as well. But it's a place I need, I want to explore more. I was very kind of apprehensive going over there, but... Once you go to one or two countries, and obviously you, you need the right guidance in, in, in some places, it's just a magnificent continent. There's so many you know, amazing things and people are lovely. Yes, there's, sometimes there's war-torn places, but the beauty is just mesmerising. Okay, second question. Are you going to something or away from something on this journey? I'm just experiencing things that I've never experienced before on this journey and seeing things and smelling things um, and touching things. And, uh, and that's what I want. I'm not going away from anything. I'm, I'm enjoying the whole journey. When you look out of the window, 
during this train journey? What do you hope to see? Life, pure life, that has a balance, has a fight to kind of almost exist. A fight to exist within the harsh world. You don't know if you're going to survive that day. You know, I can see that. You know, you, if you go through you know, a park, you, you, you'll see the predators, you see to fight to stay alive. You see that play out. It all plays out. And that's what you'll be looking for. No, I'm looking for beauty as well. I'm looking for beauty. Just natural beauty. The night sky, the daytime, the plants, the, you know, everything about it, the rivers, how things link together, how things link together to make a better day. And I want to be, I want to see that. It's about your senses being alive and fully functional to kind of take it all in. And I want to take everything in. Who will you be travelling with? You can have a choice of one person. One person? Yeah. I have to say, I will say my mother, but I will say my wife, Fiona. Do you see a similarity between your wife and your mother? Yeah, both hardworking, yeah. Both, you know, sacrificing themselves for the family and both want the best for their families as well. What keepsake would you take with you? Keepsakes to keep me comfortable, keep me, keep me kind of... A memento of your life, a souvenir from something, something that's been important to you that you will have on your last journey. It would be... It'd be my cross. Yeah. And tell me about your cross. When did you receive it and how long have my you My mother had? gave it to me years ago, many, many, many years ago, yeah. I bought the chain, but she bought the cross. She did. <laughs> how, old, how old were you when you uh, oh, got oh, the gift? Oh, 16. Okay. Yeah, 15, 16. So really before you started your career, yeah. when you were still at home? Yeah, I was still at home, yeah. And was it for your birthday and for Christmas, or was it, was, it, was it given to you one afternoon? I think it was given one afternoon. Right. Yeah. Was it hers, or do you... No, no, it was bought. It was bought, it was bought, bought it, for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that moment she gave you that cross? She gave me a little brown kind of small envelope. Right. And, um, yeah, no, you know, obviously no writing. Obviously it was, you know, I can't, I don't know where she bought it. Just right. probably down, probably bought it in Queen's Market somewhere like that or, you know. Did you immediately buy a, 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 a chain to put it on your neck? I had a chain, or? I had a chain already. You did? So I just latched it onto the chain. And you put it around your neck? Well, I still got it here. Oh, I see. You're wearing it today. Yeah, it is. And he is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. When the train goes into a tunnel... What's your first thought? How long is it going to last? Is it a quick one or is it one of those deep ones that takes, you know, 45 seconds to get through it? What do you hope to meet you at the other end of the tunnel? Um, satisfaction in a sense that it's a little bit like many, many years ago, I, I went to Bhutan and back in those days, it was quite hard. There's a couple of hotels there. And I climbed this mountain, and the top of the mountain is like it's just around ten thousand feet. And at the top, there's a place called the Tiger's Nest. And the Tiger's Nest was, you know, a fantastic. It's famous. Yeah, it's very famous now. Um, Buddhist temple, and it's not actually going and 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 climbing and seeing the seeing the uh, the Tiger's Nest. It's about the journey in between. It's about releasing everything that is in your body. All the things that 
are stopping you to move on, you drop away. As you keep on climbing and stop a little bit because the altitude's kicking in, you've got to, even though I was quite fit back in those days, but I still had to stop because the altitude is like, respect me and you gotta, you got to adjust and then go again. So, so for me, it's the journey. It's about the whole process of the journey and climbing. And hope, for me, hoping what I meet at the end of the journey is satisfaction with what I've been through. Do you feel that when you reflect on your career as a footballer, do you think of the times that you lifted the trophy or does your head tend to think about the journey that got you to that point? Yeah, it's a journey. You've got to enjoy the journey. And you think of the journey, do you now? When you were going I think back? Of the, yeah, I think of the journey because the journey can teach what has taught me so many things in life. The last bit is people seeing you lift the cup or score a goal in the final or whatever. They don't realise what's happened before the heartache, the time you had to train by yourself, the time you had to kind of sacrifice while all your friends are going out. You know, you're training by yourself. You know, I was comfortable not, you know, doing that. I, I knew there was times I, will, I would join them, but majority of the time I was disciplined and I had to do this. You know, but I didn't know I was going to be a footballer. I just wanted to get better at this game. I didn't know the outcome. I don't need to know the outcome. I might not have made it. I might have got injured and not played or whatever. That didn't stop me from trying to be the best player. Not the best player in football, just the best player. When you scored that goal in the Champions League final against Barcelona, I'm right in thinking you might not have been picked for that side at that mm. particular moment. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, a couple of players, if they didn't get injured, I wouldn't have got in. I wouldn't have played that game. I spoke to Arsene Wenger about that moment and he said that he didn't see exactly who'd scored the goal uh, at that particular moment. He knew someone had jumped and... Well, obviously not watching the game. Well, he was, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think he tended to miss things, but I don't, I can't speak on his behalf. But he said that. And then he saw you celebrating. Yeah. And he went, it had to be Sol Campbell. Yeah. Right? Did you sort of life stop at that moment and go, this is what I've worked for to get this moment? Or did you... I mean, I'm just trying to understand that emotion of scoring a goal in front of the world it's such a special moment because obviously for me leading up to the game i you know months before i had a real you know real tough time two months before that i, I left the pit well i left half time and i went to brussels you left a, a game when it was going on at Highbury. No, not going on, it's half-time. Yeah, half-time. Yeah. But it was still in the middle of the yeah, match yeah. and people were very concerned for yeah, you yeah. and you disappeared for a few days and you went to Brussels and yeah, now, yeah. now you reflect on it that, you know, everything got too much for you. It was too much for me, it was. And you went to Brussels. It was too much, it was too much. You know, and also I didn't get any help. No one helped me. Do you think that's just the time, though? It was just the time, but people should reflect and say we should have really helped him then. But we know better now. It's like, oh, a slavery back in the days. You know better now to say sorry. Same thing. Are you angry with people during that time or not really? You just understand that they never recognised that you were in a really bad place. I, ex I understand that. So there's no anger with the management or the people who... No, they, they can only have... You know, some people just can't comprehend some people just haven't got the tools to help my situation i just needed a break other players probably need a bit more but i just needed a break and then after that you know that kind of big bang for me 
and then coming back and scoring in the Champions League final. That was all within the same season. Yes. All the same season. Two months after. The only thing is we didn't win the game. <laughs> yeah. Which is a sad... We had enough chances, but we just like just couldn't get over the line. And that's, that's annoying anyway. But um, a couple of months after, it was... It's just unbelievable, you know. It's, it's like satisfaction. Honest satisfaction. Nothing hanging on it, no mysterious thing. Just comfort that hits your heart, your soul right in the middle and just makes you feel complete in the sense that this is what it's all about. Complete as a sportsman, not just a footballer, as a sportsman, you know, just feeling that sensational feeling that makes you cry. You know, that made me cry. When did it make you cry? When you reflect now or at the time? When I, ref well, reflecting back, yeah. Because they're so special. Not everyone goes, gets that, you know, those special moments. You know, when I watch players, you know, really going for it, sometimes it makes me cry as well. When I see them really pushing, try to win a game, and I can see every single muscle and, and the tackles and the passing, I can see them think and I see them desperate, you know, needing to win. That makes me cry as well because I just know how much effort they're putting into it. I so connect with that. Football's like a spiritual thing for me. Real spiritual thing, you know. It's not, it's not like a tribal thing. It's spiritual to me. I'm different with football. You know, it's a special sport. It connects so many people. It can be divisive as well, but it connects so many people. And I, I'm more the connecting. Connecting. Football connects people. And if, if you have enough good people around you, that's what it's all about. When a train travels in the opposite direction, what do you see in the passing carriages? People going in the opposite direction, saying, I'm going this way. Why are you going, that, why are you going back to that for? <laughs> you think they're going in the wrong way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going the right way. <laughs> Are you signalling for them to say, turn around, this is the right way. Follow yeah, you, me, follow me. The train stops at the station. You have just 10 minutes before it leaves. Mm. What do you do? I talk to someone in the local area. Either, so so either you, get off, you get off your get train? Get off, yeah. Right. Stretch my legs and find someone. Someone, you know, waiting for a train or, or a taxi man or whatever. I want to see, I want to talk to you. I want to say, how is it living? But what's happening here? I want to know. What's happening? How is it? Don't you want to say, where's your local coffee shop? Yeah, local coffee shop. You know, I like a little cappuccino every now and again. But yeah, or, you know, tea or coffee. Just, and also I want to, you know, just see things. Sometimes when you're in train, it's a bit too fast. You sit down and sometimes you can stand and admire or not admire, it's like, come on, let's get back on the train, let's get going, let's get out of this place. You know, I just want to feel and see, if, even if it's for 10 minutes. If, within 10 minutes, you can get so much, if you, you can go into a deep, not a deep conversation, but just a nice, general conversation with, with, with someone who lives there. Yeah, connection. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You've got to connect. What is the worth of going through all these places and you don't talk to anybody? How are you going to find out about someone just like me. If you want to know about me, talk to me. Talk to me. Don't talk to other people to find, about, find out about me. They may say a version of me. But if you really need to know the whole me, the Wally me, like, just talk to me. Do you think you're misunderstood? Misunderstood? I think people are just too lazy. Why do you need to tell everything about you? 
The trouble is, is if you're on a TV show and things like that, or radio show, then people naturally find out about you, things like that. But not everyone can be on TV. Not everyone can be on radio. Not everyone's kind of in your faces all the time. You know, how much, you know, what else do you need to know about me in the sense that, you know, everything is out there anyway about me. If you, but as I said before, if you want to know about me, just talk to me. And then you'll see and very quickly what kind of guy you're dealing with in the sense that the players I've played with, they know me. The players I played with, they know me. They know me in the trenches, they know me day in, day, in, day out, and things like that. How do, you think they, how do you think they describe you? Disciplined, not taking any BS, but at the same time, having a laugh and a good banter, but know when to kind of pull the socks up. It's time to work. So you're now back on the train and you're coming to sort of the last chapter of the journey who would you like to say sorry to or thank you <laughs> oh there's so many people on both sides in a sporting sense obviously i'm sorry that i can't win a european cup or world cup for my country england we tried a well, we tried our best and just couldn't get get that momentum in in, in certain games or, or the rubber the green that's definitely one thing i'm sorry that having such really good sides over, over the years, just couldn't get over the line in, in one of the major tournaments. So definitely, you know, I feel sorry to the England, England fans that we, we just couldn't get over the line with, uh, with the team we had, or teams. And anyone that you've known in your life? You could say sorry to a lot of people in life. How many times can you say sorry? I think, you know... I would like to say, how many people would like to say sorry to me? But there's no one that immediately comes to mind to say, I'd like to say sorry. I'd like, I'd like to, to say sorry what, to Tottenham Hotspur for leaving? What do you reckon? You've been a Spurs fan? I am a Spurs fan, yes. <laughs> I'd just like to make that clear, Simon. <laughs> Thank you, Sol, for revealing that in our podcast. Well, I think you have to, because people know what we're dealing with. Yeah, but I like you. Yes. <laughs> oh, so everyone else doesn't like me then. No, I'm just saying, no, no, but uh, we've spoken about this, about you leaving Spurs to Arsenal. What I think is the prominent aspect that people don't really understand is that you were a kid at the time. And you know, I've, a successful and I've kid yeah. who was given this decision and maybe on reflection it was the wrong decision. I mean, the right decision because you became successful and you picked up trophies, but it has definitely shadowed you. And I think that... That's misunderstood about you, that you're a kid, you're in your mid-twenties. I mean, what did I know in my mid-twenties? So I think that's an important point to it. And uh... But there is also an important point you have to say as well. So let's just go through the uh, different types of people. Of Look, you've got Miller, Killing Miller. He went from uh, Rangers, Celtic, Celtic, Rangers. Now that is different level. That's religion. Yeah, he might not be liked, but no one's kind of cursing his name. You've got managers. Hey, you've got... Harry Redknapp, Portsmouth, Southampton, Southampton, Portsmouth, George Graham, Arsenal, Tottenham. Yes, but they don't the bring... List, the list goes on. Brought, no, I know it does, but they don't bring out the passion that you've clearly brought out. Why? Because, Why me? Because, because you were very successful. But Spurs. it's not other players' words. Well. Ca- you were the captain. Yeah, you were brought well. up, in a sense, in the way that Harry Kane is. You were brought up being a Spurs supporter. We felt we now all of a sudden, but mm. no, no, no. But there was a sense I understood that aspect of disappointment, really. 
Okay. And uh, that's where it stems from. The the behavior now is it's different. It's is not it's not connected with what I did. There's an underlying there. I feel obviously the prolongedness of it. It's held together. Maybe the foundations of of being almost racial and almost hate speech. So when you look at that, regardless if it's they, if people say, oh, it's just a bit of fun, well then, if I had a bit of fun, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about Jewish people, Christian people, Muslim people. It's the same. Oh, I'm just having a laugh. Casual joke. No, it's not. It goes beyond that. It's, it's almost, you know, you, you pass in this ritual onto other young minds who impressionable and want to kind of be cool it's not being cool you know you kind of turn me into a caricature it's easy to demonize a caricature and you have to realize i'm a human being i'm a human being with families human beings with feelings that's what people are forgetting or sorry have forgot if you fall asleep who do you trust to wake you up before you reach your destination? My wife. <laughs> Hopefully she wakes me up so I don't miss the stop. <laughs> exactly. So it's your wife. Yeah, yeah. What would you leave for someone on your train seat before you got off? Something special. Um, I would leave a book, a history of football. Yeah. History of football. And why do you decide to do that? I think it's good to see, for someone to see history of how it all began, football. I think it's really good, the origin, you know, how it began. Um, you know, Eton, Harrow and Charterhouse. I think Winchester might be in there, who knows. Um, all these kind of very, very posh schools starting football. And then moving on to kind of, you know, the mills and the, the guys up north who've got a bit of money and, you know, the working class guys who've got these mills and want football and the whole tussle of that. And then moving into kind of, you know, wartime and football had to stop and, and how football, you know, was played with against England and Germany, you know, things like that. Those kind of moments like football actually stopped war for a moment. And then, you know, obviously the beautiful football of the 70s and the World Cups and things. And, and now 2000s, you know, amazing football now. How, you know, when you look at it, the marketing success of football is incredible, especially when it comes to the you know, English game, Premier League. I think someone needs to know. And then leave like several pages to say, where's football going from there? Where does it go next? The final question, who is meeting you at your destination? Who's waiting for you? I would say all the people that truly, truly love me in their hearts. That's it. Thank you, Saul. Thank you for being this week's passenger. Thank you. 